Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. God is good? All the time. And all the time? God is good. good. Well, Celebrate, my name is Jeff Todd, and I am your Celebrate Church planner in Yankton, South Dakota. And I'm so excited to be with you here today. I'm so humbled and honored that our Pastor Keith has given me the opportunity to open God's Word with you today. And can we just give it up for our Pastor Keith, guys? He and Kay are on a sabbatical, as you may know. And I'll just tell you what, I am a better husband, I am a better father, I am a better follower of Jesus Christ, I'm a better pastor because of Keith's mentorship his love, and his pouring into me and prayers for me throughout my life. And I'm so blessed and honored. Kay and Keith have been tremendous resource for Elaine and I as we've been on this journey together, planning a church in Yankton, and we just can't say enough great things about that. So let's give it up again for Keith. I just think it. Ten years ago, I first walked through the doors to Celebrate Church, and I was in a completely different spot in my life. I was actually in the worst spot of my life that I've ever been in my life. You see, Elaine and I had been married for seven years, but we had separated. Um, we had two small boys together, and we were ready to, we're heading down the road for a divorce. Um, I had grown up in the church. I've been a follower of Jesus Christ, but my life had kind of gotten off track, as I'm sure many of you have experienced too, and, and I was broken, and, and I knew I needed to get back to church, and I heard about a place called Celebrate, and I came one time, and I was like, this is great. This is where I need to be, and, and I shared with Elaine. I said, you know, I found this church that I'm going to start going to, but I don't want you to feel like you have to come too. What I was really saying to her was, I don't really want you to come, <laughs> Um, but she didn't listen to me, and I always say I'm eternally grateful that she didn't because, see, in life, we think the other person is the problem. We think that, you know, if, if they would just fix their attitude or their behavior, then everything would be okay. Friends, this is never the problem. This is always the problem. And the problem in Elaine and my marriage was the fact that we weren't connecting to our Heavenly Father the way that we were supposed to. And once we started to do that, and I have to admit, she got there before I did. Um, Once we connected with our Heavenly Father, then we were able to work on us. And we were able to repair our relationship. And friends, I am proud today to tell you that actually this day, we are celebrating our 18th wedding anniversary by here in Sioux Falls. God is good. And that's amazing and that's awesome, but I don't want you to miss something. See, when that happened, when my life went through that, I really had to take stock of my life and I had to say, okay, what got me to that point and what got me here? What is something I need to change in my life to make sure that God is going to stay in first place in my life, friends? And I did three things that absolutely changed the course of my entire life. And if you've been around Celebrate, you've heard these three things before. The first thing I did was every day I read my Bible and I prayed with, to God. I spent time in God's word. I took responsibility for my own faith and I poured into God and learned that. The second thing that I did was I didn't just start attending on the weekends. I, I decided that in addition to attending on weekends, I would start serving 
as well. My profession has always been working with kids. I work with children. So I got connected with our amazing kids ministry, which by the way, celebrate, we have the best kids ministry on planet earth. Can we give it up for our kids ministry? Yeah. All right. The third thing that I did, and again, this will sound familiar to you, is I started, I joined a life group. Now, I knew nobody in the life group at the time, all right? And, and it was a little uncomfortable for me. It was a little awkward for me, but I kept going, I kept going, I kept going. Praying and reading my Bible every day, serving in the kids' ministry, and being a life group changed the direction of my life. And five years ago, I walked through the doors to Celebrate, and I took on the role of being one of your children's pastors here for Celebrate Church. I got to join this amazing team where every week we got to pour not only into young lives, but into the leaders who serve in the kids' ministry. And it was just an incredible, amazing experience. God was doing such a great thing in my life. Elaine had um, gotten a position working for a full-time ministry here in town as well. We were both in ministry. We bought our dream house here in Sioux Falls, and everything was just awesome. And, and it was during that season where God began to break Pastor Keith's heart for building God's kingdom, not just building Celebrate Church. And, and we moved from being a seating church to ascending church, and, and we were planning churches. And I thought, this was great. And I was 100% on board with it, and I thought, this is awesome for somebody else. <laughs> Because, see, I'm comfortable here. I, I, I like what I'm doing here. I, I thought my role was going to be to multiply this amazing kids' ministry to all these different churches. And then one day I had a conversation, and they said, Jeff, we think that you can be one of our church planners. And I'm like, are you sure you got the right guy? <laughs> and what I was really saying was, I don't know if I want to be that guy. And, and I got some great advice, which is awesome. They said, why don't you go home and ask Elaine and see what she says about that? And I went home and I asked her and Elaine said, Jeff, I think God has prepared you for this your entire life. And that was all I needed to hear. So we raised our hand and we said yes. We had no idea where, we had no idea when, but we knew that God had called us to plant a church. And through the course of some amazing things, God led us to the community of Yankton. And so two years ago, we walked out of those doors to celebrate. We packed up our, sold our house, quit our jobs, and moved to Yankton, believing that God had great things planned for us. And friends, we had no idea how amazing things God had planned for us. It's been awesome down there. We spent nine months building a team of people. Um, I'm working, I was working full-time um, at a full-time job. I wasn't taking a salary from the church because it wasn't about that. It wasn't a career move for us to go to Yankton. It was a kingdom move. Does that make sense? And so we were working on that. And Easter Sunday, 2018, we launched Celebrate Community Church of Yankton. And over the past two years, we have seen 28 people give their lives to Jesus Christ right now. And here's the cool part. The best is yet to come. <laughs> we just got started, man. This is great. And, and here's the thing. The reason why I wanted to walk you guys through my story is because I don't know where you're at on your Celebrate Life journey right now. I don't know what stage you're in, but I just want to say what Pastor Austin said. Welcome home. You are right now in the best place you could possibly be to live out your God-designed purpose. And I'm so excited for all that God has for you today and to continue to grow. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, if you have a smartphone, I highly recommend the YouVersion app. 
It's a free app on your Bible. You can download it right now. Um, I'm going to be in the English Standard Translation. That's ESV um, if you want to follow along. But over the last 40 years, there's been a lot of studies done sociologically and psychologically that talk about your self-esteem. And that what they found is the way you see yourself will determine in a large way the way that you act. See, your self-perception, your self-worth, and your self-esteem tend to be the governing factors in your life. Let me help you with that. If you see yourself like a loser, you will probably spend most of your life losing at things. If, if you see yourself as a victim, you will tend to have people victimize you and take advantage of you. But what they found is really cool. The opposite is true as well. If you see yourself as a success and successful, you tend to be successful as well. What you think about yourself is one of the largest governing factors of how you live out your life. And what I love about those studies is it just proves exactly what the Bible has already said. And in God's word in the book of Proverbs, he said, listen, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. How you see yourself will determine how you live your life. But we all have the same problem. See, we live in a fallen and broken world where sinful people will say and do hurtful things that can damage our self-image. And many of us start to believe lies about ourselves. I don't know what your family was like growing up, okay? But I want you to know, I have amazing parents. I actually have perfect parents. They never did anything wrong. They're actually here today. Um, <laughs> I'm sure your parents maybe have failed, but my parents have never done that, right? But what happens is sometimes they'll say or do something and it'll make you feel differently about yourself than what you should be. Hey, it's like, have you ever been to one of those carnivals where you walk in and they have one of those funhouse mirrors? You know what I'm talking about, right? And you walk in front of a mirror and it'll make you look really tall or it'll make you look really short or really fat or really skinny. See, that's what other people's opinions do to us. It gives us a reflection of ourself that's not actually true. It's a distorted image of who we are because sometimes we listen to what's, again, People maybe have the right intention, but they're sinful, fallen, broken people. So the question I want to unpack with you today is, what does God say about you? How does God see you? Because his opinion is what matters. So if you got your notes, I want you to go ahead and take them out. There are four things that we need to know who we are in Christ as we're part of God's family. So here's the first one. I am acceptable. Say that with me. I am acceptable. Okay, now say it like you mean it. I am acceptable. That's good. See, most of us spend our entire lives trying to earn other people's acceptance and approval. Again, it starts with our family. Our parents, we want our parents' approval. We want our mom and dad to think we've done something. We're valuable. And as we get older, that shifts from our family and our parents to our friends. It, it can influence the kind of clothes we wear the kind of music we listen to, the places we go and hang out, because we want to be accepted by other people. And then eventually, as we grow into adulthood, that goes from being our peers to being that special person in our life, right? Finding that Mr. Right or Mrs. Right and finding their approval and knowing that I can be fully loved by another human being. But the problem with that is, again, that will always fall short. Because people, no matter how much they love you, can never fully accept you the way that God does. You know, I just want to admit, I've done some pretty dumb things in my life, all right? Anybody with me, right? Done some things you're not very proud of. Now, 
in my life, I found a pattern. You should look for patterns in your life, right? So I found a pattern in my life that when I would do a dumb thing, it would usually be preceded by these four words. There was this girl, okay? <laughs> there was this girl, insert dumb thing that I did, okay? Guys, don't leave me hanging on this. Anybody else with me, okay? Done some dumb things to earn the acceptance of some ladies. So there was this girl in college who I was interested in. And one day we're walking across campus and there was the mobile blood bank was there on campus. And she goes, oh, I love giving blood. And I go, so do I. Now, you already see where I'm going. I hate needles, all right? She didn't know that about me. I'm scared to death. Even to this day, when I go to the doctor, I'm like a little kid, okay? It's, it's awful, okay? So you can imagine the next step she says to me. She goes, oh, we should give blood together. And I'm like, that's a great idea. I'm like, this is not a great idea, all right? Now, I, some of you might not believe in God, okay? And, and maybe you don't believe in miracles. I believe in miracles because I'm standing in line with this young lady, and I'm thinking, how am I going to get out of this, okay? I don't know. This is going to make me look bad or something. Well, in the bus, there was two sections, and they took her to the back section and shut the door and left me in this section. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, okay? And I start freaking out because I hate needles. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. It was terrible. It took them like 20 minutes to even get the needle in my arm, okay? And I got done, and I walk out, and she had been waiting for me the entire time. She got done right away. And she came out, and she's like, what took you so long? I'm like, oh, those guys don't know what they're doing or something like that. So <laughs> needless to say, I, uh, that relationship didn't go anywhere. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen people, a people for God's own possession. Do you know what it does for us when we feel like we're chosen? That's what I wanted from that girl. I wanted her to think that I was the person that she wanted to be with. We have a desire in our heart to be chosen and to be picked. And that is a thumbprint of God in your life because God has chosen you. Do you guys remember when we were kids on the playground, right? And we would divide up into teams to play a game. Anybody with me? Okay. How many of you were always picked first? Okay. Look around. Those are the people we don't like. Okay. Everybody else, like, were like me. We were standing off the side. We wanted to be picked first, but usually, at least in my case, I was one of the last people picked and chosen. Okay. Can I give you some good news today? Who wants to hear some good news today? All right, on God's team, on God's playground, you're always the first pick. Amen. You are always God's first pick. God has chosen you. And the best part is, when we were kids on a playground, we were chosen based on our abilities and gifts and talents. And the same is true. We weren't chosen because we didn't have those things. God accepts you exactly the way you are. You are acceptable. God loves you. He created you exactly the way that you are. But there's some of you here today that still think you have to earn God's acceptance. You have to be good or, or do good before God will accept you. Can I help you with that? No, you don't. God accepts you just the way you are. So some of you here today, I'm sure, have spent a lifetime of being rejected. Maybe you have felt worthless, or maybe people have said you're not good enough. Maybe you've stood on the sidelines your entire life, not just on the playground, but all throughout your life. You've never been chosen. What if today you would understand the fact that you are acceptable? God accepts you just the way that you are. I want you to look at somebody and say, I'm acceptable. Now look back at them and say, you're acceptable. Here's the second one. 
I am valuable. Everybody say it with me. I am valuable. How much do you think that you're worth? Now, I'm not talking about your net worth, okay? I'm talking about your self-worth. Because your person is so much more valuable than your possessions. There's a huge difference between the two. Now, I don't watch a lot of television, but one of the shows that I absolutely love is a show called Pawn Stars. Any Pawn Star fans in the house? Okay, for those of you who are not familiar, um, it's a family-run pawn shop on the Las Vegas Strip. And people come in there all the time and they try to sell the stuff that they think is really valuable, right? And so I've learned something by watching this show. There's really two ways that you determine something's value. And, And here's one of the ways. It depends on who has owned it or owns it right now. So people bring something in and maybe it was owned by somebody famous. It was like a hat they wore. Or maybe it has like their autograph or signature on it. Or maybe it was actually created by them, like a a famous artist that created a a picture or something like that. That can determine what something's values is, who made it. But here's the second thing that could determine that. And really what the heart of the show is about. What is someone willing to pay for that? What is somebody willing to pay for that particular item that determines its value? So now I want to come back to our question. What do you think you're worth? What do you think you're worth? Well, let's look at it in the context of those two questions. First of all, who do you belong to? You know what my Bible says? You're a child of the God of the universe. Do you know that every single person that you will ever stand face to face with is a son or a daughter of God Almighty? And that gives you tremendous value. You are so valuable. But the second question is this. How much is somebody willing to pay for you? And friends, we don't have to look any further than the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the ultimate. There has never been a price greater paid than what Jesus paid for you on the cross. And you are so valuable to him. And the Bible tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, he didn't wait for me to clean up and get it right. He came down because he couldn't imagine eternity without me. And I was so precious and so valuable for him that he wanted to come and do that for me. And friends, that is good news. You are valuable. But I I think there's some people here today that might think this. That maybe you think, hey, I'm not valuable. Maybe you've been treated worthless in your life. Maybe you've been thrown away. Maybe you've been told that you're good for nothing. What if today you realized how valuable you were? You realized who you belong to. And you realized that Jesus paid the ultimate price for you. How would that change your life? Look at somebody and say, I am valuable. Look back at them and say, you're valuable. Awesome. Here's the third one. I am capable. Say that with me. I am capable. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. You are a royal priesthood. I want you to circle that word priest. See, in our society today, we might think of priest in different ways, but I want to kind of walk you through what priest means. Do you know that that word priest, it actually means the word bridge? Okay? The word priest actually means the word bridge. Now, I live in Yankton right now, and it, I'm, I mean this. Yankton, South Dakota is probably my favorite place on earth. I have completely fallen in love with that. Yeah, I got some Yankton people here? All right, cool. Yeah, it's great. If you've never been there, we have something in Yankton called the Meridian Bridge. 
And if you don't know what that is, they built the Meridian Highway from Canada all the way to Mexico. And it, it was the first highway to do that. And when they built a bridge, they built it in Yankton, and it was the first bridge ever built across the Missouri River, and it completed the link from Canada to Mexico. And the thing that I love about this bridge is the people of Yankton said, we need to get this done. So they raised the money on their own to actually build this bridge and put it up there. And it's not in use anymore, but it's a double-decker bridge. It's absolutely beautiful. And um, they've converted it now to a pedestrian bridge. So you can walk across it or ride your bike. It's awesome. It's really kind of the center of our community. And if you see any logos of Yankton, you'll see the Meridian Bridge on there because it's pretty awesome. Now, why am I telling you that? Okay. I learned something about bridges I didn't know. Okay. Do you know that bridges actually go both ways? Did you know that? You can go both ways on a bridge. Now, you might think, Jeff, you're an idiot. Okay. You're probably right. All right. But, but play with me here. You actually can go two ways on a bridge. So as a priest, you're supposed to be a bridge. What do I mean by that? See, when God created the universe, he created everything to be perfect and holy. And then he created man. <laughs> and he gave us one rule. And he said, all you need to do is trust me. Do you trust me? And unfortunately, we made, we made the decision not to trust God. And, and because of that, sin entered the world. And what happened when that moment happened is that there was a gap that was created between God and people. And God never intended that. God, God wanted us to have a relationship with him. He loved us so much that he wanted to build a bridge between God and man. So what he established was something called a priest. Now, what this priest would do, if you remember from the Old Testament, what this priest would do is there was a place called the tabernacle. And inside the tabernacle was what's called the Holy of Holies. And every year, one guy, the priest, would go into this place and he would make a sacrifice for the sins of all the people. And he would have direct access to God. Think about that. He would have direct access to God. He would be able to talk to God, speak to God, and be in God's presence in the Holy of Holies. But remember what I said about a bridge. What does a bridge do? Goes both ways. So he would go from God and he would go back to the people. And he would be the agent of ministry to the people in that area. They would have not access to God through the priest. Does that make sense? He would minister to them. Now, we don't do that anymore. Not because God changed. See, God never changes. But God's plan originally was to say that was to foreshadow what is to come. And here's what was to come. Jesus Christ came and he became the ultimate high priest. And he came and he paid our sins, paid all of our sins once for all. Okay, now nobody applauded when I said that. I'm going to say that one more time. All right. Jesus Christ came and he paid for all our sins once for all. Amen. We don't need a priest anymore to go to God. You have direct access to God. You are capable of going into the presence of God. You don't have to be put on hold. You don't need to talk to the secretary, okay? You can go directly to God. You are a priest. You are that to God. But here's the thing I don't want you to miss. What is the thing about a bridge? It goes what? Both ways. It goes both ways. We were never intended just to have a relationship with God. Did you know that? Because if that were the case, as soon as you were saved, guess what would happen? You would die and go to heaven immediately. If you are here today and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are designed to be a bridge. You are to be in God's presence, fellowship with God, but then you're gonna go and you're gonna be a minister. 
You're going to share with people in their needs. You're going to minister to them. You're going to fellowship with them. You're going to serve and wash their feet. God has intended us to be a bridge. That's what a priest means. And you are capable of doing that. I don't care who you are or where you're at. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that's what you're designed to be. Because here's the deal. If we don't serve, if you're a Christian and you don't serve, you're not a bridge, you're a gap. And you've created a gap between other people and God. And basically what you're saying is, I don't care about you. I got my ticket punched to heaven. I'm okay. Friends, that was not God's intention. God has designed you to be a priest. God has designed you to be a bridge. And that is what we're supposed to do. Look at what Peter says in the rest of verse 9. That you, he's talking about us, may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into a marvelous light. Jesus Christ set a great example for this. On the night he was betrayed, he had his closest friends in the room. And he knew all authority in heaven on earth was given to him. And he did something that changed the disciples' life for the rest of all their lives. He got down, he took off his robe, and he knelt down, and he washed their feet. Now, if, if you don't understand what that means, in that culture, that was the servant's job. That was the lowest job that you could possibly get. And I would contend you could have heard a pin drop in that room when Jesus was kneeling down and washing their feet. And when he got done, he got back up and he sat down and he said to his followers, he said, you call me Lord and master and you're right to do that. And if I, your Lord and master, washed your feet, now you need to go and do likewise. Friends, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and saved by his blood, you are capable of going in the presence of God but that's not all you're to do. You're to serve. You're to, you're to give your life away and give your gifts. And again, there may be somebody here today that think, but, but pastor, I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't really have that great of gifts. I, I just want you to understand today, you are capable. Do you think that I thought I was capable to go to Yankton and plant a church? No, I wasn't. I didn't think that, but, but I'm here. Listen to this. Even if you don't think you're capable, do you realize that the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you? And you have complete access to that? You can go and get the power from God, directly from God, and then you can go and be a bridge and minister to people? We have seen lives change, and that's how it happens, friends, by serving other people. Look at somebody and say, I am capable. Look back at them and tell them, you're capable. And then add in, you're a bridge. All right, here's number four. I am forgiven. First Peter 2 says, For once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I think some of us have a skewed view of who God really is. See, we're talking about, Pastor Tim talked about how it's Father's Day today and how Sometimes we talk about God as our heavenly father. And really, how we view our earthly fathers has a lot to do with how we view our heavenly father. I have an amazing father. He's here today. And I tell you what, he loves me. He loves Jesus. He loves my mom. And he's just been a great example to me of what it means to be an earthly father. But I've lived my life long enough to know that that's probably more the exception than the rule. And the other thing that I've learned is really that's probably the minority. 
See, some of us think God has that authoritarian figure, right? He's sitting up in heaven with a lightning bolt, just waiting for you to screw up so he can zap you. Friends, that is not our God. Our God loves you. He adores you. He wants to have a relationship with you. I, with this being Father's Day, I'll never forget when I became a father for the very first time. I, my oldest son was born. I was in the room with him, and I remember when he came out, and the nurse was getting him all cleaned up and stuff, and he was crying. And, and I remember going over there, and I remember looking at his eyes. And there was a moment where he kind of stopped crying, and he looked up, and he focused right on my face. Now, I was the first human being that my son ever saw. How cool is that? And I remember at that very moment, I remember thinking, there is absolutely nothing that this child can ever do that is ever going to cause me to love him any less than I do right now at that very moment. And, and I remember exactly, there was a moment where God said to me, Jeff, you finally get just a little picture of my love for you. Friends, God adores you. And listen, listen to what this Isaiah says in chapter 43, verse 25. I am the God who forgives your sins. And I do this because of who I am. I will not hold your sins against you. I don't love my two boys because of who they are. I don't love my two boys because of what they do. I love my two boys because of who I am. I am their father. And I love them and I adore them. And your heavenly father loves and adores you too. And maybe there's some of you here today who have never understood that. And again, maybe your father wasn't that way. But what if you knew that you have a heavenly father who adores you, who loves you, who wants to have a relationship with you, and he wants to forgive you? And maybe there's something in your life, maybe you feel guilty about something that you think no one could ever forgive me for this. And if this ever got found out, I would be completely rejected. Can I help you with that? Your God will forgive you. He wants to have that relationship with you. You're acceptable, you're valuable, you are capable, and you are forgiven. Dr. Charles Cooley is a dean of American sociology, and he wrote this statement. He said, your self-esteem, your self-worth, is determined to a large degree by what the person that matters most to you thinks about you. Friends, can I encourage you today? The person you care about most should be Jesus Christ. Make that choice today, because here's what Jesus says about you. He says you're acceptable. He says you're valuable. He says you're capable, and he says you're forgiven. See, I don't know where you're at on your Celebrate Life journey, and maybe you're new to Celebrate. Maybe you just started coming, and if that's you, can I just encourage you? Just keep coming. Keep coming. Bring a friend, and just, just keep coming where you're at. This summer, we're going to do something really cool there. It's called At the Movies. It's a series that's gonna be fantastic. And we have a goal of a thousand guests for that series. So keep coming, keep being here. If, if, if you've been here and you've been part of Celebrate and you, um, maybe you haven't started serving yet, maybe you haven't got connected with a life group yet, can I just encourage you, take your connection card and just, and just write that on there. Say, I wanna take that step. I, I wanna be a bridge. I don't wanna be a gap. I wanna start serving. I wanna get connected with a life group and have people around me. And, and I just want to say this, if you've been here and let's say you're part of a serving team or you're in the life group and you're doing all those things, can I just encourage you, maybe God's calling you to go plant a church. And, and, and maybe God's calling you to take that step of faith, to go 
and continue to build God's kingdom. Because I just wonder how my life would have been different if 10 years ago I would have just said, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to come back to that church. I think I'm just going to keep doing it. I wonder what it would have been like for my boys to grow up in two separate homes. I wonder where Elaine would be right now. I wonder where I would be. I wouldn't be here. And see, I wonder how my life would have been different if after we were restored, if I just felt comfortable just coming here on the weekends and taking up a space, just sitting down and then leaving, not serving, not being a bridge, not getting connected in relationships with the life group. I guarantee you I wouldn't have been a kid's pastor. I guarantee you I would have missed out on so many opportunities to grow in my faith and, and continue to, to lead. And I wonder what it would have been like three years ago if Elaine and I would have just stayed comfortable and we would have just stayed here. So we love Sioux Falls. We love Celebrate. And, and do I miss you guys? Absolutely I do. But every Sunday I have the privilege of standing up and sharing God's word with a group of people in Yankton. And I get emotional when I talk about it because I look out at their faces and I just think, man, I would have missed out on meeting these incredible people if I would have just stayed comfortable and, and I would have just continued on. Guys, I don't know, again, where you're at, but I'm telling you, God loves you. He has a plan for you. You are acceptable. You are valuable. You are capable. And you are forgiven. I want to go ahead and pray. And if you are within the sound of my voice, if you're in this room or you're watching online, and you've never accepted that free gift of salvation for Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. You can say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. God, thank you for valuing me so much that you would come down and you would die on the cross for my sins. And Jesus, I'm sorry for the things that I've done in my life where I've failed you. And I know I'm going to stand on your promise that I am forgiven. And I know I'm not going to be perfect, God, but I'm going to try. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to surrender my will to yours and live my life in such a way that I can grow to be more like you. And if you prayed that prayer and you made that decision, I want you to know all of heaven is celebrating right now. And, and we really encourage you to write that down in your connection card because we want to talk with you and connect with you and connect you to some resources. God, I'm just so thankful for all that you've done in my life and, and the life of this church. And, and God, I just pray that we would be a bridge and that we would see ourselves in the way that you see us, God, and that we would live out our God-designed purpose by doing that. And I thank you for all the people that are still yet to come that haven't come yet, Lord, and that will eventually be part of your kingdom because of who we are and how we see ourselves and how we can then minister to people knowing that you love us. And God, I thank you so much for Keith and Kay that they weren't okay being comfortable, that, that they came to this community 20 years ago to build this family. And every single person in this room is fruit of that decision. We thank you and praise you and ask these things in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.